Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, bartender. Hey, Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. You can call me Anthony or you can call me Duke. Everybody else does. And, you know, this is the uh, official Wednesday night bartender rant show. Just because every once in a while I just want to rant on something and uh, that bothers the shit out of me. And uh, most of the time, all of a sudden, I uh, compare it to a story that one time that happened in the bar that I used to work at. That ever happened to you? But anyway, we got to start uh, start every show show off with the drink special. You came all this way to find out something, and here is something. Uh, they call this one the Greek Doctor Cocktail. Got this off food.com. Uh, the ingredients you need is one ounce ouzo, one ounce vodka, half ounce of lemon juice, and one ounce orange juice. You shake the ingredients together in your shaker, and you strain it into an old-fashioned glass and garnish with a slice of orange. If you go out and end up trying that drink, please let me know what you thought of it. Uh, You can email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com and just tell me your story about that drink. You can tell me any story that you damn well feel like it because that's what uh, it's all for there, ladies and gentlemen. Just get on, dude, uh, at heybartenderpodcast.com and just email me whatever you want. I can take it. You know, something popped into my head uh, just recently. And it's probably one of the things that I find the most annoying thing in the universe, especially when I was bartending, Uh, because you get these customers that come into your bar and they have this self-righteous attitude about everything. They think they, they've have the better job. They think they have the better lifestyle. They think that their shit don't stink. Let's just get to the bottom line here. Uh, Otherwise I'm well, truthfully, I'm running out of analogies. But their shit don't stink no matter what. And usually when they walk into a bar, the first thing that they're uh, picking on people is other people's addictions. And in most bar cases, what's the first addiction that you can pick on somebody about? Smoking. Because, well, this being the year 2020, all the smokers have been pushed outside. And they, you know... They tell people, uh, go outside, go behind the dumpster, uh, make sure that you put a cover over your head. And, you know, it. They what they've done to smokers, namely me, I'm a smoker, is, um, you know, it's borderline unfair at this point in time because they, you know, all these restaurants want this better uh, atmosphere for their customers. And they're not catering to all their customers anymore. But true, true, true. Smoking is bad for you. Smoking uh, does have side effects and all that sort of thing. 
I'm not going to get too much into it. If you have a, a friend or relative that has had problems due to smoking, I feel sorry for you. And if you're sitting here thinking I should tell that bartender to quit, good luck with that. Many people have tried. All of them have failed. I've found that the only way to deal with addictions and whatnot is the person has to want to quit. You can't just tell them to quit. You can't give them an ultimatum. You can't, uh, you know, it's not going to work out well for anybody if you say, if you quit doing that right now, uh, if you don't quit doing that right now, I'm going to leave you. They're just going to look at you and say bye. Because, you know, that's just the way it is. And you're going to get upset that uh, all of a sudden they're drinking their drugs whatever habits they have, uh, is more important than you. Well, uh, I, d I don't know about the hard stuff. I actually did try quitting smoking once for a girlfriend and I was good for six months. I was off the cigarettes. All the nicotine was out of my system, but still, you know, when it comes to addiction, you got those little synapses in your head that fire that say, now would be a good time for a cigarette. You know what you used to do after this? Have a cigarette. And, uh, you know, those times were hard. Those parts will stay with you for the rest of your life. But a girlfriend that I had talked me into smoking, and I was good for six months. And I was doing okay. I didn't really notice any huge lifestyle changes, you know. Uh, food didn't taste better. The birds sang brighter air tasted sweeter. No, I didn't notice any of that. But the funny thing is, as soon as we had a, the fight that broke us up, I, for my first stop was the local convenience store to buy a pack of cigarettes. It was that quick. But a lot of people have addictions. A lot of people have different kinds of addictions. A lot of people out there have addictions that they really, really do not have a clue it's an addiction. I mean, because addictions, the uh, the popular ones, like alcohol, drugs, smoking, uh, those ones that are the most publicized, the most looked down upon, if you know a person that doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs, doesn't smoke, they think they lead a healthy and fruitful life. Okay, yeah, maybe they do, but they're also the first ones to pick on you that you like to drink, you like to smoke, you like to do, uh, do a little bit of marijuana. Honestly, in my opinion, if you have a crack problem, get some help for that, though. But also, those people are often the biggest pain in the neck, and they, you know, I like to try to make fun of them because they stand there and say, ah, Oh my God, you're a smoker. Smoking's disgusting. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, could you, could you please not smoke? This is our air. And, you know, most of the time I separate myself from non-smokers because if I realize I'm in a group of people that don't smoke, I walk away and, um, just to, you know, so I don't get into any arguments or anything like that. I wander off. And I come back a little bit later. Sure, some people uh, that are a real pain in the ass stand there and go, oh, you stink. Yeah, okay, bite me. But the those people think they have this self-righteousness that they don't have any addictions. They live a full, healthy life. 
I try to tell them that making fun of me for my addiction is their addiction. I mean, it you know, it was almost like they were waiting for me to want to have a cigarette so they could uh, uh you know, get that rush of trying to tell somebody that they shouldn't smoke. And you know, and I said, well, your addiction is that you got to pick on me. I mean, how do you feel right now? Do you feel better about yourself? Well, that's kind of like the way I feel after I have a cigarette. I no longer want to kill you. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, and it's probably the same thing for you. You were standing here the whole time wanting to pick on somebody. And because everything's going way too well around here right now, everybody's smiling, everybody's laughing. Where, what, who can I pick on? The smoker. Okay. Enough about, enough about that. But yeah, I mean, everything's an addiction out there. I mean, uh, some, and every addiction out there can be construed to something bad, even something as beautiful as love. Uh, people just get addicted to that feeling because it feels amazing when you're in love. And, you know, when you're with that perfect somebody and it, uh, the way they make you feel inside, the, the way it feels when you hold their hand, when you're smiling at each other, it is an incredible high to have that feeling. But when that feeling disappears, and I'm not talking about uh, slowly over time, it just all of a sudden one day it ends for whatever reason. It's like you got, uh, you all of a sudden took yourself off your painkillers and you weren't ready, or somebody, uh, or you forgot your cigarettes and there's not a store for miles, and, or you know, uh, you, lo- you like to have a drink at four o'clock, but there's no, it's a dry town, and the uh, closest place that sells any kind of liquor whatsoever is 40 miles away. I mean, right at that point, you feel loneliness set in. You feel depression set in, anger, uh, hate, and you need something. You need you need to do or something. Like, uh, then you start thinking, what do I got to do to get my mind off of this crap uh, or get past this as soon as possible because the withdrawals from this are just driving me absolutely insane. Um Let's see. Uh, Well, for me, I might go out with the intention of smoking one cigarette, then all of a sudden go through half a pack just because I had to go outside. I knew I would have to come back outside eventually uh, and uh, have another one. So I just kept smoking because I'm thinking that that's going to, you know, I'm getting rid of one vice and getting worse with another. Uh, If I was an alcoholic, I probably would have headed to the first bar. Um Hell, uh, I was just listening to the radio and the, uh, these, some of these people, you know, uh, head over, uh, you know, head over to the nearest bar, pick up some random woman or, uh, you know, get on the internet and find an hour's worth of love for four or 500 bucks, however much they pay for it. And, uh, you know, it, you, you're just jonesing and, you know, that is an addiction, but we can't, the human race cannot survive without love. So that is an addiction that we are all prepared to, uh, to deal with eventually. 
I mean, some of uh, some people, uh, they're able to deal with breakups or whatever, and you know, two weeks, okay, got to get back on the saddle. Here we go. And other people stay alone in the dark, uh, possibly with a podcast. Uh, no, this isn't about me. Uh, but uh, they stay alone and think to themselves, "I can't do that again. Uh, that I there's." No way in hell I want to feel like that ever again. But we all do trick ourselves eventually. If the opportunity should come up to uh, find some kind of love again, we're all over it. And, you know, it's, you know, too bad there's not like a love drug dealer. Oh, wait. Yeah, I think they call them pimps. Hmm. But, you know, enough about that. There, uh, There's one story that happened in the bar I remember that uh, this gentleman, he uh, he was a regular inside the bar. He would have nights where he'd have one or two, and then some nights where he would close the bar. Uh, and we'd call him a taxi, or uh, we'd say, okay, you've gone too far, you know, you're done. You're cut off. You should go home now. And he he was fairly cool about it until his job was at stake. Uh, he came into work drunk one too many times because he didn't just drink at the bar. He drank at home too. And uh, I guess according to him, what he told me was to wake up in the morning, he had to drink a beer. And so his, uh, his workplace uh, started realizing, okay, this guy is a full blown alcoholic. So, you know, and it's dangerous for him to be working here we're going to give him a chance. Uh, we're going to tell him that it's a problem. It's kind of like an intervention type of thing. And say, you're not fired, but we want you to get some help. So here's the deal. You go to Al-Anon or you're fired. And so he realized, well, I can't, you know, it's going to be tough for me to find another job. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, this is obviously a problem probably the reason why I haven't been able to hold a relationship for longer than six months. Uh, probably, uh, the reason why I'm always broke. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll do it, you know, just to keep my job. And he started coming in and his, the first time he came, uh, came in after going to Allen on was his first day. He came in, set his one day chip on the bar and asked for a Coke. And I said, uh, what's that? And he goes, this is my one day chip from Al-Anon. And I said, well, uh, congratulations. Uh, you know, cause you got to congratulate uh, people like that. I mean, that's, uh, that's a milestone when they realize that they have a problem. It just, uh, even the, even the smallest thing and, uh, you know, celebrate, uh, celebrate their one day of sobriety. Because the first day, obviously, is usually the hardest. But uh, he sat down and he said that he was uh, he was doing okay. He was uh, uh, just, he made it through the day, one full day, without having a drink. But he figured that his friends were at the bar. So he figured out he'd stop by. And then he looked at me right in the eye and said, if no matter how much I ask or beg, please do not give me a drink. And so I took his Coke away and he goes, not that 
give me like if I ask for uh you know a shot of jack or beer or something like that don't give it to me and I said you realize what kind of business I do here and he's like yeah 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 I understand now uh I've had a number of people that have had alcohol problems in the past and they start coming into the bar not to drink alcohol but to be social and I have no problem with that except they drink coca-cola all night and usually don't tip and I most of the time give them the coca-cola for free but uh you know uh every once in a while that guy would slip a dollar here a dollar there uh would buy around for his friends and uh club soda for himself and uh just sit there and eventually i didn't see him for i don't know a couple weeks and he came in uh and sat down and asked for club soda and said hey i haven't seen you in a while where you been and he said, I started exercising. And he, he said, the withdrawals from alcohol were getting so bad that he couldn't sleep. So the only way that he could get himself to sleep was to go to the gym and just work himself stupid. And then he could uh, get some sleep, you know, just get that sweat out. And he started going off saying, it's great. I've lost 15 pounds in just two weeks. I feel good. Uh, and I was just like, well, yeah, congratulations. Then he says, you should try it. And I looked at him and I said, um, you know, I don't like going to the gym. And, uh, at the time I was, uh, you know, like 170 pounds. I'm not that anymore. But, uh, I said, I, I'm not really a gym kind of guy. Because all my experiences with gyms is a bunch of people standing in front of a mirror, flexing, checking out their bodies. And so oh, there's fat right there, right there. I got to get rid of that. And so then they pick out a couple weights and then contort their bodies in a way that is not natural just to get rid of that little piece of fat that they found in their foot. And uh, I'm exaggerating, but... uh, yeah, he started going to the gym, and uh, he and he's he then he started getting uh, going off saying, you know, Anthony, uh, Alanon can really help you, you know, because I've noticed that you're a little bit on edge most of the time. And I said, Alanon would be stupid for me. It, I don't. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink at all. And he's well, they can help with other things. And I, what other things do I need help with? And. Uh, that was one of the big pet peeves that I had when people would quit uh, drinking or drugs or something like that. They automatically think that everybody can benefit from what they received at whatever help that they got. Okay, maybe there is a little bit of benefit there, but everybody needs their own form of help. And, uh, you know, going to some kind of, you know, not being a drug abuser, me, uh, well, cigarette, some people, some, some people out there would consider cigarettes a, uh, a drug, but let's say the hard stuff, uh, like the cocaine, the heroin, the meth, uh, I would feel extremely out of place being in somewhere in there and believe it or not, in most cases, uh, of like Al-Anon, uh, people do uh, get rid of one vice 
and substitute for another. It's not like they go in and now their life uh, is continued without drinking. Uh, there, one guy who graduated from Al-Anon, uh, or I don't know if he graduated, but he went to Al-Anon for a little while and he became severely addicted to caffeine. I mean, he was one of those guys that could drink coffee all day long and right before bed and then still get some sleep. Um, I have never reached that level. I do like my caffeine, but I got to stop at some point in the day, uh, especially when it comes to coffee. But he basically told me a lot of people, when they go to Allen on it, basically becomes a singles immediate meetup group because they, uh, he met his wife there. And the reason why she became his wife is because she got pregnant because they started fooling around after, uh, going to a meeting. And so he said, really, we were ditching one vice and then satisfying another one. And I thought, well, at least the other one, uh, you don't, uh, you get fewer dents in your car and fewer tickets from the police. And he goes, yeah, but you get that, uh, you get STDs from it. And I said, you got an STD from it? And he goes, yeah, they're called children. And, oh, oh, okay, I get you. But, you know, I expect that everybody has some kind of uh, addiction out there. I'm not an uh, addiction specialist or any kind, but I've seen it. And uh, I don't know how to help all these people. Like that guy that said, hey, uh, if I ask for a drink, don't give it to me. Most of the time, I don't feel like helping in that kind of way because it's not my responsibility to help you not drink, especially when I'm giving drinks to everybody else. And I almost feel like I'm being unfair to you. I feel like, and it puts me in a bad spot, Uh, puts me as a bartender in the bad spot to uh, tell somebody that you can't have that drink uh, because you, you've already gone however many months and uh, you know, why stop now? And Truth being told, that guy, uh, a little bit later, I guess he got tired of the whole, uh, the whole exercising thing, and did start to drink again, but a little bit more in moderation. And he, uh, he felt bad. He came up to me and, and uh, asked for a beer, and I'm doing the best that I could. I looked at him and I said, "Are you sure?" And he goes, "Okay." This is the way I've justified it. I was drinking in the morning. I was drinking in the afternoon. I was drinking at night. That was how I functioned. And allowing myself one drink uh, or a, uh, two, one or two drinks uh, is fine. So at, at this point in time, he said that he was no longer buying alcohol for his house he was the only time that he would buy alcohol was when when he went to the bar to go visit with his friends. Now I'm not sure if that's a good idea, but last I heard, he was doing well with it. And, you know, there were even nights where I served him, and he's just like, you know, what? I just don't feel like drinking tonight. Uh, give me a coke or a club soda or something like that. And you know, he found uh, he found the line, and you know, realized that moderation was the key. That's pretty much the key for everything. You don't have to quit eating meat. You don't have to quit 
uh, uh, well, some in my case, I had to quit doing dairy because I was losing friends. Re- really bad lactose problem. But uh, uh, you don't have to quit eating meat. You don't have to completely quit anything. But it's all about moderation. And because that idiot that did that movie supersized me. Sure, yes, if you eat McDonald's every day, all three meals for a month, yeah, that's bad for you. It's called moderation. And, uh, you know, you you have to listen to uh you have to listen to your body cuz your body pretty much has already told you you know I really don't like these cigarettes anymore and then I look I listen to my body and go yeah get over it see it's an addiction uh but you know you have to realize you know just a little bit at a time doesn't hurt it's uh when you realize that you can't function without it that's uh the problem like pretty much the every time I realize that I have a problem is when I'm whenever I'm in an airport and have a six hour layover and the airport has no smoking section. That's a bad day for me. Anyway, that's all I have to say about when it comes to uh, addictions and stuff like that. Like I said, I try to uh, try to help people a little bit. I mean, uh, the people that are addicted to love, I tr- uh, try to get them to calm down a little bit. Uh, the people that are addicted to alcohol, I feel really awkward because I'm the drug dealer. Uh, the people that are addicted to, you know what, any addiction out there, the best a bartender can do, bartenders, if you're listening to this, the best a bartender can do, if if you'll agree with me, is support somebody. I mean, we stand there, we'll listen to their story, we'll listen to the problem that they had, they had a bad day at work. And they know they shouldn't drink, but they just need a sounding board. That's how the bartender can help. Or they just broke up with somebody and they know they shouldn't go back to smoking pot or doing meth because that relationship was the key factor that got them off that. And they all that's all they want to do right now. Just talk to them. The, the bartender talks to them and we show support. Am I right? If you have any uh, anything to say about that, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. So anyway, that's the end of the bartender rant on addictions. So if you, uh, like I said, if you have anything you want to ask me, you have a drink to share, you just want to be on the show, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, and I will make that happen for you. And don't forget to visit uh, www.heybartenderpodcast.com and where you can find links to all the Hey Bartender podcast shows, and you can check out some of the Hey Bartender podcast merchandise. Help support the show by buying something off our merch page. If you want to follow us on Facebook, uh, Hey Bartender Podcast, Instagram, Hey Bartender Podcast, Twitter, Hey Bartender PO1. Remember to share, like, and subscribe to this show, everybody, and I could really use some ratings out there and use a little support from you guys. Uh, Just uh, give me a five-star rating, please. And remember to listen to Hey Bartender podcast this Saturday because my special guest will be Kenny Stewart. He is a bartender from Scottsdale, Arizona, and yes, he is the man that runs the Fraternal Order of Bartenders Facebook page. Swing in, check it out. He has some great bartending stories and uh, how 
tells a little bit about how he came up with the Fraternal Order of Bartenders. I will also have musical guests, Richmond Sluts, with their single, Doing All Right. Remember to uh, this Saturday to check it out. So until next time, everybody, as usual, I just want to remind all you guys that I wish you lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. Good. I had to blow again. I said, hey, watch out.